listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. Today, Glenn Hall Taylor's suspenseful drama, The Hidden Drama. The past is always present. Starring Peter Lucas. In the Mutual Broadcasting System presentation of The Zero Hour. Brought to you by the Ford Motor Company and Lazy Boy Recliners. Also by State Farm Insurance, International Harvester, and Quaker State Motor Oil. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. This is Hugh Downs with another car buyer's report from Ford. Car size and fuel economy are important considerations today, but so is the total cost of ownership, which involves purchase price, trade-in value, and operating economy. And Ford feels if you compare mid-sized cars, you'll choose Ford Torino. Take some operating economy examples. Torino offers gas-saving steel-belted radio-ply tires standard, runs on regular gas, and has a 26-and-a-half-gallon fuel tank that's 20% more capacity than its closest sales competitor. And compare some scheduled maintenance costs. You'll find in the course of 50,000 miles that compared to its closest sales competition, Torino's chassis is scheduled to be lubricated only once to there eight times. Spark plugs are scheduled to be replaced only half as often. Everyone says compare. Ford says compare not only the cars, but the total cost of owning a car. The closer you look, the better we look. shapes the present. On occasion, it may destroy the present. The young man in our story has learned to live with his past. The young lady, his fiance, has not learned of his past. Thus it is that these two people must face a crisis. A crisis spawned by a past of which one of them is unaware, and which the other is long presumed to have been forgotten. Tonight, they have enjoyed attending their weekly movie. As our story starts to unfold... They have come from the theater's auditorium to walk blinking into the brightness of the crystal chandelier lobby. Uh, let me help you on with your jacket, Marion. Thanks. A good movie, huh? Oh, I loved it. Can I have my handkerchief back now? Oh, I'm sorry, here. Thanks. And next week I'll bring an extra one. Next week I won't need one. It's a Woody Allen picture, remember? Oh, you cry anyway. By the way, how can you cry and eat popcorn at the same time? It's strictly a feminine trick. Oh, wait a minute, Larry. I'll be right back. I'll wait time my nose. Okay. I'll wait right over there near the exit. Oh, turn around. That's a gun in my pocket. Well, who are you? Never mind. I start walking. What's the idea? Where are you taking me? To that car at the curb. But my girl expects me to be... She's just going to have to wait. Why, why are you doing this? Frankie Gordon wants to see you. Now get in. Okay, Smitty. Take off. When I came to, I was still in the car under which I'd been tumbled with a caulk on my head. It was throbbing as though it were being alternately blown up and deflated like a kid's balloon. My first thought was, where in the heck am I? 
My second was a panicky one, wondering what had happened to Marion. Floyd, the creep who had knocked me out, was watching me suspiciously. Well, I don't know why, because I couldn't have done a thing if I tried. He had me on the floor in the rear of the car with the heels of his elevator shoes resting on my ribs. He must have looked through that hole I felt in my head and read my mind. Because the first thing he said when I looked up at him was, Don't worry about that little broad of yours. She's going to be okay if you behave yourself. Where are we going? Never mind. Just enjoy the ride. Oh, phew. Did you have to slug me so hard? <laughs> yeah, I like to be sure the first time. Oh, pardon Aren't you afraid that when Marion can't find me, she'll contact the police? Nah, she'll figure it was a mistake. She'll check out your pad before she reports you're missing. And by that time, we'll have things under control. What's Frankie want to see me about? I already told him I couldn't help him on that store job. Man, I work there. I have a legitimate job. I live a legitimate life. <laughs> yeah, I got news for you, lover boy. We knocked over that stool already. Tonight. You did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my head hurts like my brains were leaking out. Let me sit up, will you? Hey, you better watch that guy, Floyd. Could be a trick. Don't worry, I can handle him. You just keep your mind on your driving. Okay, punk, you can get up. But don't try nothing funny or I'll fill you full of 38s. Oh, man. I thought I'd never get my back straightened out. I should have worn a do not fold, spindle, or mutilate sign. If you knocked over the store already, why does Frankie want to see me? Well, uh, the cops give us some trouble tonight. Frankie's brother got shot real bad. The only one that could have tipped them off was you. No way, man. That's a lie, and you know it. I don't know nothing. Frankie's the one who knows. Oh, my head. You got a cigarette? Yeah, you're luckier in my left-hand pocket, because I'm not about to let go of this gun. Guess I can reach him. Hey, Smitty, he jumped! Slow down! Hello? Marion? Oh, Larry, what happened to you? I looked all over the lobby, and I waited, and I waited, and I didn't... Marion, I'm in trouble. Trouble? Anything, darling. Now, what is it? Just tell There's me. There's a suitcase in the hall closet. Get a pair of slacks, a coat, some shirts and socks and handkerchiefs, and my shaving things, toothbrush and stuff. Throw them all in a suitcase and take them to your place. Can I stay here until morning? No. They'll be snooping around my pad. Ooh. Never mind. You stay at your own place tonight. Pack my things and get out of my apartment as soon as you can. Bring the suitcase and stuff over to me tomorrow morning. Where are you? I'm in a dump called the Terminal Hotel, First Avenue, near the railroad tracks. Room 51. Okay, see you in the morning. Hi, Roy. You just coming on duty? Yeah, had to stop off at Impounds to identify an abandoned car I ticketed last night. Hey, what's this I hear about a robbery at Morgan's department store? Yeah, about 9 o'clock tonight. Two policemen happened to be passing the store, and they recognized Frankie Gordon and his brother, Charlie. Oh. Two other guys were also involved. The night watchman identified them for mugshots. And there was some gunplay, and Charlie got hit badly. How'd they get in tape? By hitting at closing time? No, both of them flashed false police department IDs on the watchman. <laughs> Said they were on assignment to trap some thieves who were due to hit the store. And the watchman fell for the story, let them in, and got slugged for his cooperation. 
It was a slick safe job, too. Not a tool mark or a fingerprint on it. Yeah. How much loot did they get? Oh, a good hunk of the day, I guess. Yes, a couple of grand, probably. And several trays of jewelry and expensive watches. Nice haul. Now, what about the other two guys? Uh, nothing definite other than what the watchman told us, and he was kind of woozy. Yeah. The two officers were lucky enough to get the license number of the car they used. We got out of pickup order on the Gordon brothers and the car. Oh, that's good. And maybe the watchman will come to enough to give us a fix on the other two guys. Even though I knew Marion would keep her word, I spent a restless night wondering if anyone might have seen her leaving my pad with the suitcase. I watched the Don come up, wished I had some toothpaste and a brush because my mouth tasted like an ecological disaster. The flea trap I had checked into didn't even have a bellhop to send for coffee, and I didn't dare go out on my own. Then, just as I looked in the mirror at my bloodshot eyes for the fifth time, I nearly jumped out of my skin at the sound. I went to the door, but was afraid to open it for even a little peek. Who is it? Me, Marion. Oh, Larry, Larry. Darling. Where's the suitcase? Oh, right there. I dropped it when you gave me that bear hug. Tell me, what on earth is this all about? Oh, wait till I close the door. Look, I don't mean to scare you, but I'm scared already. Someone wants to kill me. Who? Well, his name is Frankie Gordon. One of his men was waiting in the theater lobby last night. Came up behind me with a gun in his pocket and forced me to go with him in a car. Well, so that's what happened. Well, how'd you get away? Well, took a chance and jumped out of the car. Well, outside of a skin knee and a ruined pair of jeans, I made it okay. Then I hot-footed it right over here, figuring they wouldn't be looking for me in this part of town. Well, who is this Gordon? And why would they want to kill you? Uh, he's a crook. Real heavy and safe, Robin. Last night, they knocked over Morgan's department store. They were surprised by the police, and, and Frankie's brother was shot. Well, Frankie thinks I tipped off the police. Double-crossed him. double cr You mean you knew they were going to rob the store? Well, Frankie came to see me there yesterday. When I came back from lunch, he was waiting for me. Wanted me to get the combination of the jewelry department safe. Well, I refused. But you can't hide forever. Go to the police. I, I can't. Why, for heaven's sake? Because they'd ask me how I knew Frankie. Well, I don't dig. What's wrong with that? How did you happen to know him? I knew him in prison. I'm still wanted by the police. Hi, this is Jim Packers with news about why Lazy Boy is America's comfort favorite. It appeals to men because of rugged construction and he-man comfort. Women love it because there are beautiful styles that match any decor. And there's an amazing choice of hundreds of colors and fabrics. A Lazy Boy lets you recline to any position, even full bed. Put a Lazy Boy in your living room and into your life. See your Lazy Boy dealer today. He's waiting. Run down there. Go. Oh, oh. Yes, indeed. Certainly, State Farm has been one of the most competitive companies when it comes to rates. State Farm agent Bob Westbrook talks about car insurance value. But I think even more important than rates to most people is the service they know they're buying. With State Farm, you're in a position to get more service from more agents throughout the entire country than any other company in the industry. A processing center in New York City, where clothing and goods are collected, packaged, and stored, should disaster strike. The uh, Nicaraguan earthquake, for instance, then you get an upsurge of clothing. Or the Peruvian earthquake, uh, or Bangladesh, or any crisis like that. The warehouse is operated by Catholic Relief Services. The concept is that we get staff 
We get food and water for the disaster team, and then we get supplies. We get it all out at once. We have shortwave radio equipment, transceivers to communicate among the team. The center functions on a daily basis, sending food, clothing, and medicines where they're needed. That's the fastest way to get it there. We'll, just, we'll ship it commercially to... Catholic Relief uh, Services responds quickly flag, to the needs uh, of people through disaster relief activities and helps the overseas poor the year round. Support CRS through the American Catholic Overseas Aid Fund, the Empire State Building, New York 10001. We're ready to go on a moment's notice. When I told Marion I was still wanted by the police, the expression on her face gave my heart such a stab, I'll bet there's still a scar on it. But being the kind of gal she is, she listened patiently as I explained. You see, it happened when I was a kid of 17. At that age, I thought it was real far out to drink, gamble, and, and even carry a gun. Two other guys and I held up a gas station. It netted us $13 and a five-year sentence in a southern prison. I suppose in some other prison we might have stuck it out longer, hoping to get time off for good behavior, but, you know, they still use chain gangs for road work. Yeah, and we just couldn't hack it. Chain gangs? I thought that sort of thing went out. I hope so. Maybe some states still have them. At any rate, the three of us saw a chance to escape and took it. Mary and I still owe them four big, long years. But you've been an honest, law-abiding guy for all the years, since. Well, that should count for something. Oh, Larry, you sweet idiot. Why didn't you tell me sooner? I should have known she'd be on my team no matter what. When I finished explaining, she was full of love and understanding, and suddenly my arms were full of her. She stayed there for a long, long time, and while we clung to each other, she convinced me I, I really should go to the police, no matter what the outcome. What really convinced me, I guess, was when she said she'd go with me. Hi, Tay. Uncover anything at the department store? Yeah, I got a new angle. I think it was a five-man job, even though the watchman saw only four. Oh? I showed pictures of Frankie and Charlie Gordon to all the personnel who work in or near the jewelry department. A couple of them positively identified Gordon as the man they saw talking with a store employee yesterday. His name's Larry Webster. Well, did you question him? He didn't show up for work today. Well, that's two marks against him. Any leads on where he might be? He got his home address from the store and drove over there, but he was gone. The landlady showed me through his apartment and... Uh... Well, his bed hadn't been slept in, and some of his clothes seemed to be missing. Oh, chalk up three marks. Does the store know anything about this Webster guy? Nothing that helps. He'd been with them nine years, worked his way up from shipping clerk. His co-workers apparently liked him, and he was considered a valuable employee. Hey, where are you going now? I'm going to teletype Washington to see if the FBI has anything on Webster. Then I'm going to see if the lab has anything conclusive on that blood sample they scraped up at the store. Hey, good hunting. <laughs> As soon as I put on my coat. I'll leave my suitcase and stuff here. I'll get it later if the police will let me. Otherwise, you can pick it up. Okay, all set. Now, let's get out of here before anybody sees us. Going someplace. Floyd, how did you find out... That's easy, punk. One of the boys was watching your pad in case I missed you at the theater. We tailed abroad from there to her place, staked out on her overnight, and followed her here this morning. Why, you call it, Larry. Floyd's not only pretty good with the artillery, but I can handle anything he can. I'm back in there. 
punch him, Floyd. Sure, boss. What do you want with me? I'm sure Floyd made that clear last night. Well, he told me you thought I double-crossed you, but I didn't. I don't believe you. Well, you... Larry, darling! Ivan brother got shot in that heist. Well, he died this afternoon. So no matter what you say, I'm going to even things up. And with his silencer on the gun, we can do it nice and quiet. Right here. You can't shoot him in cold blood. It's the efficient way. And I guess you know, lady, we can't have no witnesses. Hey, my God, Almost. There's something going on at your local international dealer. Right now, would you buy the other pickup from international? You get four... Uh, hold it, hold it. What's yeah. this, the other pickup from international? What's that? Well, there are two pickups out there that outsell everybody else. You know who they are. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Well, we're the other pickup. The one with the wider track, lower center of gravity. The one with great handling and stability. The other pickup... <laughs> okay. All right, right now, should I? Go ahead. Until July 20th, you get four Firestone gas-saving steel-belted radial tires when you buy a new international pickup at participating dealer. The other pickup. Right. Ah, go ahead. You get these gas-saving radials at no extra cost on most models, and they're worth $290 suggested retail price. No extra cost? Right. Go, go ahead. ahead. I know. And you get a free tire gauge just for coming in. And correctly inflated tires help you get better mileage. So stop at your local international... Okay. Hold it. No. Are you telling me that all I have to do is stop at my local international dealer and he'll give me a tire gauge free? There's nothing to buy? That's right. I'll buy that. Go ahead. Go ahead. American Lung Association. Emphysema spot. Take one. I'll hold it before we start recording. Let me get a cigarette, huh? A cigarette? Yeah, only take a second. And look, man, we're doing an emphysema spot. So? Well, couldn't you at least wait over through? What for? I can smoke and talk. Yeah, well, that's not the point. Oh, now, wait a minute. Don't tell me you buy all that stuff. You mean the correlation between cigarette smoking and emphysema? Yeah, you really believe that? Yeah, as a matter of fact. Well, that's fine. But I've been smoking for over 15 years now, and you don't hear me gasping for breath, do you? Well, it's your life. Thanks. Okay, anytime you're ready. Emphysema spot. Take one. Emphysema. Now, just what does that mean to you? Well, <coughs> sorry. Take two. An emphysema victim doesn't always get a second chance, particularly if he's a heavy smoker. Remember, see your doctor at the first sign of shortness of breath, then give up the cigarettes. This reminder from your lung association is a matter of life and breath. Even though I still had four years of prison hanging over my head, I was never in my whole life so glad to see a pair of cops. Both officers seemed to feel I was telling the truth. And the fact that my boss at Morgan's department store said I was a valuable employee didn't hurt. And the cops talked with Marion. I could see they liked and believed her, which didn't hurt either. My boss made bail for me, and of course they didn't hold Marion. Before we left police headquarters, the two officers and Marion and I, we rapped over paper cups of coffee. How did you tie me in with the Gordon brothers, that is? I mean, outside of finding out Frankie had talked to me at the store. The FBI answer to our teletype reported the prison break you and the Gordon brothers made down south years ago. But how did you trace Frankie and Floyd to the hotel? Well, that was the scientific part of our bloodhound work. It sure was. The lab report on Charlie Gordon's blood gave us not only his blood type, but uh, the ablutination test showed he was a very sick man even before he stopped the officer's bullet. Sick? Mm-hmm. The lab found he was infected with psittacosis. That's a disease transmitted by parrots, isn't it? Right. Which meant that we had to check out every pet store in town that had recently sold parrots. 
finally, after showing the pictures of the Gordon brothers to all those pet store people, we did find a guy who'd sold the parrot to Charlie. Fortunately, he'd asked to have it delivered. We got the home address and lucked out. As we approached the apartment building, we saw Frankie just getting into a car driven by a guy known as Smitty. Yeah, I heard Floyd call him by name just as I got zapped and fell on the floor of that car. So we followed them to the hotel where Floyd cornered him. As you probably guessed, after Floyd had followed you there, he phoned Frankie to join him. Well, I, I thank you all for your help. And for the coffee, too. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, and Webster, we think you've got a good chance of remaining free on probation. Yeah, and we'll help all we can. You sure have been great. Come on, darling, we got to move along. So long, officers. So long. Uh, see you in court, as the saying goes. <laughs> good luck, folks. Larry, it was all so frightening. That, my darling Marion, is probably the understatement of the century. I'll thank God for you and your persuasive ways. Going to the police was the right thing to do. Well, it's all behind us now. Uh, you're wrong, baby. It's all ahead of us. A whole new life together. After we get your suitcase, let's go to my place. I want to feel your arms around me again. What's the matter with right here? Oh, <laughs> Oh, Larry, no, please, not in the lobby in front of all these people. Why not? I mean, after all, it's not as though we're married. Short trips never give your car a chance to warm up and eliminate engine-damaging deposits. Short trips call for Quaker State Motor Oil. It gives quality protection against these harmful deposits. And now when we need it more than ever, you can find it more places than ever. Quaker State your car to keep it running young. Hi, this is Jim Backus with a special announcement about an exciting Lazy Boy chair sale taking place at your Lazy Boy dealers now. Lazy Boy reclining chairs of your choice are available at unheard of savings for a limited time only. Treat yourself and your family to a lifetime of comfort and beauty. Once you do, you'll wonder how you ever relax without one. Get America's comfort favorite, a Lazy Boy chair now. See your Lazy Boy dealer today. <laughs> Run in there. He'll be glad to see you. Yes, he will. I'm Rod Serling. Close your eyes, exercise your imagination, and join us again on our next presentation of The Zero Hour. The Past is Always Present is an original radio drama adapted by Glenn Hall Taylor. Peter Lucas was heard as Larry Webster. Featured in the cast were Ruth Anson, Jack Crucian, Lou Krugman, Jack Edwards, and Alan Bergman. Zero Hour, created by J.M. Colas, directed by Don Hills, is produced in Hollywood for the Mutual Broadcasting System by Radio Productions Incorporated. The music is composed and conducted by Stanley D. Hoffman, Rochelle Sherman, associate producer. This has been a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System.